could he do that? Are you on What? Charles Darwin. The nerves is where it's at. Welcome everybody back into Nerd Sesh. As always, I'm Carson Breber, and alongside me is Logan Camden. And today, a special guest star, Theo Ash. You know him from TikTok. You know him from the Stay Hot podcast. You know him from his recent appearances at Super Bowl Media Day, where he was asking questions that the internet was just just overjoyed with because they demonstrated <laughs> some football IQ. Theo, it's a pleasure to have you. How are you doing today? It's a pleasure to be here, guys. It's a it's a real pleasure. I'm I'm doing great. I've been playing Madden all day. Um, I, I'm in my, I'm deep into my Panthers franchise, and I just signed Tom Brady out of the free agency, and uh, he's he's finishing up his career in Carolina. But wow. uh, yeah, and, and uh, so that's what I've been doing literally all day. I ate a sandwich um, for lunch. Yes, sir. Uh, oh, right. And that's what was it, that's what been, was in that. Oh, we had some turkey. We had some tomatoes. We had some some ranch and uh, lettuce and just kind of a, your general like uh, turkey sandwich with you, all the you went, all you the went ranch eggs. on the sandwich. I think it's ranch. Yeah, I think it was ranch. I ordered it from somewhere. Uh, I can't remember exactly. It's it's called the Crystal Rapids at Crystal Creek Sandwiches in Flagstaff, Arizona. <laughs> pretty, pretty tasty stuff. Yeah. So for the majority of you who I imagine live in Flagstaff or will be in Flagstaff pretty soon, Crystal Rapids is where you're going to want to stop by for their uh, turkey, tomato, ranch, and lettuce sandwich. All right. So today, obviously, we are going to be talking about the Super Bowl. And uh, Theo, you have been at some of the media stuff. Do you have any takeaways, any cool moments from that that stand out to you that you want to share? I don't know if I have any like major takeaways. There was a bunch of cool little moments. I think um, the my main takeaway is like the Eagles are in fucking Fort Knox uh, to the for their team hotel. You go to the Chiefs hotel to conduct interviews, and it's like in Scottsdale. You just like roll right up and mm-hmm. like it's you walk right in. And then I was going to the Eagles Hotel, and it's like way south of town in the desert, and it's like the only structure on the horizon. It looks like uh-huh. rust from Call of Duty, like uh-huh. in the back. And you're driving down like this long, winding road to the hotel, and there's like two t- police checkpoints with like bomb sniffing and drug sniffing dogs that wow. like are checking everyone to go in. And I, I felt like I was crossing the border to get into like Eagles, the Eagles Hotel. And then the Chiefs were just like, yeah, just come on in. And then the other thing about the Chiefs Hotel was when you were doing the press conferences there with Andy Reid, he made everyone like raise their hand and then he'd like point and they would like bring a microphone over to ask the question. And then at the Eagles thing, it was no raising your hand. It was no microphone. It was just as soon as Nick Sirianni finished his answer, everyone would go, Nick, Nick, coach. And they would just scream <laughs> over each other until like the loudest voice uh, got his question across. And like everyone was just like waiting for him to wrap up his question to like scream their question is a, uh, loud as possible it's just uh the eagles was like chaotic it was like prison and then the chiefs mm-hmm. was all nice and um it was it was organized and cordial so i don't know if that means anything for the game it just um just the atmosphere was a lot more um i don't know what's the word chaotic at eagles camp and uh so i don't know whatever you want to take from that i think i oh, take it that the eagles- everything from that 
yeah so based on that i don't know who who you pick to win but that's my that's my analysis I mean, from the from the vibe around super bowl uh the team's pre kind of fits bowl. the identity yeah both squads. it does yeah i mean i imagine if you're in philly it's just a bunch of screaming idiots you know talking yeah. about philly cheesesteaks and then kansas city it's just laid back patrick mahomes chilling it did dude it surprised me i saw some of the videos on your twitter literally dude when you said uh Every member of the Chiefs' active roster is down here, and it was every single one of them. And <laughs> and I felt so bad when the entire and I I missed the Eagles press conference that day, so it may have been every Eagles guy, but like every member of the Chiefs was out there. But like obviously, I didn't. They didn't really tell us that was going to happen, so no one had questions prepared for like. 75 80% of the team so like most of them are just like sitting there and no one was <laughs> no one was asking them any questions and they were just like just sitting there for like a couple minutes and then just left and everyone was like swarming Kelsey or whatever to ask him you know what his favorite I thought that looked is like or something a cafeteria I didn't realize that you guys were actually asking questions in there yeah no it was grubbing no no it was it was so there was the main conference room, and that's where Reed did his press conference. Then Mahomes did his press conference, and then there was the special room with podiums for like ten players, and that's where Kelsey mm -hmm. was and Chris Jones and uh, some of the some of the big names Chiefs players. And then they threw everyone else like into the hallway <laughs> and just made them sit out in the hallway. And uh, that's where that's where I talked to Carl Loftus. I talked to Isaiah Pacheco and he gave me the most non-answer I've ever received when I asked him a question. <laughs> and he just like was like, I asked him about his running style and like how it's influenced by track. And he's like, yeah, I just love hanging out with the guys. And I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, but it was, it, it was a lot of fun to just be around. It was, it's just complete chaos. Um, you know, people, you know, were happy to see me down there. And I appreciate everyone who reached out and was like, you know, you really made it, man. But like, truly, there are people who have not made it who are asking questions at these events. I promise. Yeah. There is a guy like dressed up naked in a barrel, just walking <laughs> around. <laughs> at opening night, just wearing like a barrel and then like an Eagles fan just wearing like a wrestling match. Wearing a wrestling mask, and uh, a bunch of like international reporters were there, and they would just be like, you know, like an Australia guy I was trying to ask Jarek McQuinn in a question. He's like, Jarek, can I, can we get a shot at to Chiefs Kingdom down in Australia? And like, <laughs> every, I saw that from like every country. Like, can I get a, Brazil, Germany, Australia, Mexico? And like, half the time it's so loud that, like, and they have accents or are just completely speaking a different language. Like, Jason Kelsey, like, some guy asked him a question just straight up in Spanish, and he's like, dog, <laughs> I do not know what you just said. <laughs> it's just crazy. It's just a, a complete zoo, but it's it's yeah. fun. It's it's high energy. Super Bowl media is kind of the Wild West. I have a co-worker over at The Volume who does, like, a satirical philly sports fan show <laughs> where basically they just play like the most absurd philly homers ever a lot of people somehow think it's real but anyways it's called the, the fusco show 
And but he's also the producer for Colin Coward's podcast. So most of the time he's like a pretty serious guy in a serious role. And then I just get a picture of him today in an Eagles jersey with a backwards hat one on one with Andy Reid at Super Bowl media. <laughs> and I know he was just asking him the most preposterous question. <laughs> some bogus stat about how he's actually never won a Super Bowl. <laughs> and his tenure in Philly was way better than his tenure in Kansas City. And I'm just like, wow. What a fascinating dynamic. Dave Damashek, who I actually talked to for a bit um, at opening ah. night, was kicking was kicking everybody's ass by asking, "Is this a must win game?" And he also, <laughs> and then everyone was like on Twitter. No one realized he was kidding, and everyone was like, "There was some clown reporter out there who asked, is it a must win game?'" They're like, "Why would anyone ask that?" And it's just Damashek fucking around. The other thing he he asked Hertz, he said, "Hertz." <laughs> I, I will be honest, I never thought the Eagles could win a Super Bowl with you as the quarterback. <laughs> and then Hertz is like, a lot of people didn't. And then Damajek just said, I just wanted to tell you, I'm sorry. <laughs> and Hertz like, just looked at him and said, cool. And then it just wow. moved on. It was just, it's just insane. It's, it's so funny. <laughs> That dude, that relieves me so much. I saw both of those videos. They were both the biggest troll videos, and I did yes, the exact same reaction. I thought I didn't. I talked to Damashek, and I didn't know the Hertz one was him until like earlier this morning. But he he went on a like a Michael Jordan run asking fake <laughs> questions. He got everyone. No one got that he was kidding, including me. And I talked to him like in the lead up to the until like the guy people came out. I didn't. I wasn't aware that I was talking to a man on a mission, a man who is about to go on a, a historic trolling run you got right before I talked to him. I, I did. wish he had, I wish he had taken it like a step further and just like completely mistook players for like wrong people or something like interviewing Jalen hurts as Tom Brady LeBron. or something like <laughs> LeBron, LeBron. LeBron. you broke the scoring record. How, how did you do it? <laughs> well, I was talking to Chris Long, um, who a former Eagle, and he was covering the Eagles. And one of the problems is uh, no one there has like a name tag on opening night. Mm -hmm. And and a lot of times they don't have a na name tag. And so it's tough to know exactly, oh, like what number is that? What number is that? And Landon Dicker, it's, this is like kind of a, a switch up on, on calling someone the wrong name. But... Chris Long went up and asked Landon Dickerson a question and he's like, so Landon and Landon Dickerson said, I, I'm not Landon. I'm, I can't remember who he said. I'm some other member of the team. And then Chris was like, fuck man, I'm, I'm sorry. And he's like, I'm joking. I am Landon. <laughs> I am Landon Dickerson. But like I, there were some people I was just scared to ask a question to. Cause I yeah. wasn't like, I'm like, Oh, is that what is one Thornhill number like 22 or like, yeah. I, I don't know. I can't remember. Uh, so I was like, I'm just going to stay away from him. Same with all the assistant coaches that you could ask questions to. It's like, dog, I don't know who you are. You don't have a name tag or anything. Like, I don't know who you are. I'm sure you've got a lot of good information about something, mm -hmm. but I don't, I, I don't know who you are. So there's a lot of people on a football team, man. Like yeah. covering ASU football. We had to memorize every, player to number because you know if you're covering the team as a beat you can't really get in a spot where you're like uh lebron <laughs> and then it's you know sophomore safety q uh, it's like, that's a problem Ayuk, Ayuk, <laughs> no you related uh, to him yeah all right go ahead just walk you should just walk in there and just scream guys names you should just walk one thornhill just like really loud <laughs> Please report to the Southwest <laughs> Corner, Chris Jones. 
please report to this. Office. Theo has a question. <laughs> Chris <laughs> Jones. <laughs> it's a good strategy. It could prove effective. Maybe up the stakes. Suggest that you found a weapon or some drugs on their person. And I mean, I'm telling you, then they're coming to you. They're reporting for duty. Dress up in a police officer outfit and like step aside, step aside. This man is uh <laughs> I have some questions for him. Um but yeah. All right. So there you have it. Theo is impersonating police officers on the scene at Super Bowl Media. Next I year. I hope that the that'll authorities be next take year. care of this. Yeah, that'll be next year. But there you go. Some fun insight from what it's been like on the scene. Let's talk about the game itself. So let's just begin with what you guys see as some of the key matchups, key determining factors to how this thing plays out. Logan, what stands out to you? Um, I think health is a big thing. Um, you know, I, Landon Dickerson had that injury with his arm. I hope he's 100%. You've um, had injuries with the Chiefs wideouts too. Um, hurts his shoulder. Um, so, I mean, like any game, injuries are important too. I, I think the biggest thing is what most people have been laying out, bro. It's the QB battle between Hurts and Mahomes. Mahomes has yet to really have a signature game on the biggest stage. And it's not something that's uncommon among, you know, historical quarterbacks, right? Big Ben won... That's what I hate, man. I saw something on like CBS Sports made like a top 10 of like QBs and Super Bowls. And all these idiots in the comment section are going, where's Big Ben? Where's Big Ben? I'm going to be honest, guys. Big Ben might be the worst Super Bowl QB of all time. If you actually run the numbers, he might be one of the worst ever. And so um, that's the biggest thing, too, is is Pat going to be able to deal with the pressure of the biggest game because he has not had a signature performance yet on the biggest stage. And then can Jalen Hurts bounce back, um, you know, after the Niners game, because it was a pretty abysmal performance, one of the worst we've seen out of him all year. And so, um, you know, I hate to go one off. It's one game, but the QB battle is the most important that we're going to get. And both of these guys have something major to prove Mahomes, not just winning the game, but performing great on the biggest stage when he's been so great in every other facet in the postseason and the regular season. And Jalen Hurts, first time on the biggest stage, needs to prove that he can get it done. So I'll, I'll start with that. Yeah, I think a, a matchup that I'm interested in is like just how do they deal with Chris Jones um, and how do you take him out of the game however possible. You know, he's someone that is just a phenomenal player. Obviously, I, I think that he should win Defensive Player of the Year. He's one of – uh, 15 and a half sacks for a uh, interior lineman is 11th all time. Like there are not many guys, many guys on the inside who've, who've hit that number. And he, he won that game for, for them versus Cincinnati. But the thing that's nice about the Eagles or at least nice for them is with all their RPO stuff and they do a lot of kind of misdirection or, you know, eye candy in the backfield after the snap of the football is they could just kind of isolate one guy and make him the read man, right? With all their option stuff, they might not even put anyone on Jones and just say like, we're going to make you think and we're going to make someone like, we're going to have someone else ask someone else to make the play. And then it comes down to guys like Karloftis or Frank Clark against um, guys who are, like a great offensive lineman, right? Like they don't have guys who maybe can reliably win outside of Chris Jones. So if they're able to option him, I'm very, very like, are they going to trap him, right? Have the first guy leave. And then it looks like, oh, I have a straight shot up field. And all of a sudden someone comes flying in and, and craps, cracks him from the side. Like, how does he deal with that? He's an aggressive player. So I think, 
I think how they deal with Chris Jones, I think they're going to be able to deal with him better than most. Obviously, Nick Bosa, I thought that he was a little bit in hell last game because there would be times where it seemed like he was crashing inside and then Hurts would keep it. Like, he obviously had that one great play that was almost a safety. But for most of that game, he was just kind of confused. He's like, what's going on? Like, where is the ball going? And and they've been doing that uh, against the greatest edger. They've gone against Micah Parsons twice and, and Nick Bosa. And they can they can take – they could scheme out one guy. Maybe not two, but one. And can anyone else on the Chiefs step up and, and play the game of their life? And I think someone else other than Chris Jones is going to have to to really um, play play fantastic and, and beat some high-level offensive linemen somewhere else, somewhere else on the line. I think that's a great matchup to highlight because it does feel like this Chiefs defense has been very reliant in certain spots on just Chris Jones being the ultimate disruptor and playing against a team that is a very well-oiled machine, like dominant on the line. We know how overwhelmingly effective their run game is and how efficient that can make Hurts as a passer when everything is clicking. It's just like you need to find a way to disrupt that rhythm. And if you can take Chris Jones out of the game to some extent, Frank Clark has his moments, but I agree. Like, that becomes a lot tougher for Kansas City, and then they're going to have to have a really, really strong offensive game themselves, which I do think is very possible because bottom line, and I think that this is probably the key factor to me and what's swinging my prediction, is that the Chiefs have Patrick Mahomes and they have Andy Reid and they have Travis Kelsey and they have, over the past half decade, put together like the best offensive run we've seen in football history. And I do think that, this is interrelated with what you mentioned, Logan, about health. Hertz's health is a legitimate concern. Like, he was just bad throwing the football against San Francisco. He has not had a good game throwing the football since coming back from injury. And the thing that's tricky about that is two full weeks now, he could be in a completely different pay place in terms of recovery, in terms of pain. I know a week ago he was apparently still experiencing discomfort, but it's like a four to six week recovery timeline normally for his injury. Now we're about six weeks out, I think, maybe seven. So he could be pretty close to his normal self. He also could not. We really don't know. But I do still view that as a concern, and I just have the ultimate faith in Patrick Mahomes to uh, succeed in any situation, especially given that it's like Tony's a full participant in practice now. Juju's a full participant. If those guys weren't healthy, then I think we saw how ugly things got down the stretch against the Bengals when you just didn't have guys who could separate. But I do think this offense is talented enough. I mean, number one scoring offense this year, Mahomes has put up 31 in a game in his playoff career. And it does scare me a bit to go with the sort of Mahomes over all other factors kind of thinking, just because last time we saw the Chiefs go in a Super Bowl, <laughs> that was primarily my thinking. It was Mahomes, the most dynamic offense against a team that was simply much better defensively, more dominant in the trenches. And obviously they got destroyed. That being said, that was a bit of an extreme example because that Chiefs all line had been decimated. And although this Eagles pass rush is better than that Bucks pass rush, even I don't think that the mismatch is as great because I think this Chiefs line is better. So I do think the quarterback matchup is huge. And it's interesting because I think that I'm inclined to say that the Eagles are more likely to win this game in a blowout than the Chiefs are to win in a blowout, just because it feels like if they are dominating at the line defensively getting tons of pressure. If they are running the hell out of the ball, 
like if they just completely control the trenches and they're able to get some early stops on Mahomes and just keep clicking offensively and Hurts is playing well. I mean, the Eagles blow teams out when they're clicking. We've seen that. The Chiefs haven't done that as much this year, but in some ways I feel like the Chiefs can win in more situations because of Mahomes' brilliance as a passer, because of his ability to bring you back from deficits, because frankly, if the Eagles are forced to go out of their comfort zone, which has happened pretty rarely this year, I mean, they've led more than any team in football. They've, for the most part, been the best team in football and dominated at what they do really well. I'm not as confident in Hertz's ability to, especially given his injury, like throw this team back into a football game. And if it goes Chiefs touchdown, Eagles three and out, Chiefs touchdown, like obviously the Eagles are going to stick to their identity early, but there comes a point where you got to make big, big plays from the quarterback position in the football game. And Hertz is really good, but there is, you know, miles of gaps between him and Mahomes. Yeah, I agree. And when we've seen, it'll be a really interesting test for this Eagles defense because as good as they've looked on paper, like they played the Lions, they gave up 35, and then they yeah. played, uh, they've recently played Dak and the Cowboys, and they gave up 40 to them. And Rodgers and, and also Jordan Love late in that game uh, put up 33 on them. They just haven't been tested really uh, mm -hmm. this year uh, against great offenses or great mm -hmm. quarterbacks. And when they have been tested, like their track record certainly isn't spotless. So yeah, they'll have to, they'll have to make it. Kelsey is always going to get his, he's just unguardable and he's arguably the greatest tight end of all time. He's just, you know, he, he just reads coverages instantly. And just if, if the original route isn't going to be open, he knows that and he'll just go run something else and Mahomes also just thinks the same way. And when he sees it, like he sees the same thing, knows where Kelsey's going to be, even if they didn't talk about it. And they'll see, he'll, he'll just find him, right? He'll just like go sneak. Mahomes called him like the sneakiest player in the NFL. He'll just go like, kind of like, oh, sh that's, that's not going to be open. I'll just go somewhere else then. And Mahomes is just, you know, calm as can be and he'll find it. So it's he's unguardable. It is, it is not something because no matter what you do, he will, he will find something. But the key will be, okay, don't let Marcus Valdez-Scantling have a 100-yard game like last year. Like, can you bottle up? If it's just Kelsey and Mahomes, then I think it'll be okay. Like, can Slake, I think they, they're going to play. Um, I assume it's going to be what the, it's going to be a pretty conservative game plan, I think. I don't think they're going to light them up. I don't think they're going to, I just don't think that's really the Eagles' game plan. Um, mm -hmm. I think they're going to say, Someone's going to follow Kelsey around. Like, we're going to play some man coverage. We're going to, you know, make the officials throw the flag, right? Like, I think that's the most effective way to guard Kelsey is try to man up, like, beat the tar out of him and see how many times the officials are willing to call, like, defensive holding on you or DPI on you. So if you can get Kelsey, you know, even if he has 100 yards, as long as it's, like, not, you know, a bunch of 25-year-old plays that give 25-yard plays that get him down the field. If it's, if you could just make it, Kelsey's always going to get his, but if it's just Kelsey and it's not huge explosive plays, um, then I think they've got a chance. And I do think the Eagles have the personnel to do that. Um, like Juju and, and MVS or Tony, like the, the Eagles secondary has the guys to, um, to keep them out of the game. And it just comes down to like, you know, can they contain Kelsey? Can they tackle him when he does catch it? Can they just bring him down? Uh, so uh, yeah, that's definitely also, obviously Kelsey's always going to be a huge matchup, but how do they do in the other guys? Cause if other guys are eating as along with Kelsey, mm -hmm. then, then they're in big trouble. Yeah. And I think you did a good job too. I mean, you're singling out 
Kelsey is the guy, right? That's something that I think is kind of thematic of the Chiefs team overall and why this run has been so impressive. I believe the Chiefs have 10 or 11 rookies like playing significant time like throughout this roster. Um, I want to ask you too, like Theo, do you think that inexperience leans towards uh, Philly? Do you think, you know, the, does that play into it at all? Do you think too that, is this like one of the least, imp- I know I'm asking you two different questions here too. Do you also think this is like one of the least impressive Super Bowl roster compositions ever? No, I don't think it's one of the least ever. I mean, they're five, like the offensive player of the year and the defensive player of the year, like the MVP and the defensive player of the year are probably both on this team. Mm-hmm. They have a good line with Creed and Tooney and, and Trey Smith, uh, Wiley and Orlando Brown aren't great, but you've got, you know, an all two all time greats, really three, if you count Chris Jones, um, and I, I think the second they've been playing pretty well since their buy. The defense. Uh, this is a stat I heard um, at media day from from Nate Tice, but he's like the the Chiefs are like a top five defense since their buy. They've been playing pretty well since their buy. I mean, the Bengals. How many points did they put up? Like twenty. That's yeah. a pretty good. Yeah, that's a pretty good offense that they held to twenty points. Bolton is a good player. Um, Frank Clark and, and Karloftis, they're not bad. And and the rookies that they do play, like Byron uh, uh, Brian Cook had that had that amazing play in the in the AFC championship game, that pick where he where he batted it up in the air and then someone else caught it caught it. So I, I I don't think that it's I think the Eagles roster is one of the all time like I I don't I think from top to bottom, it almost seems like the Chiefs roster isn't that impressive just because of how impressive the Eagles mm-hmm. roster is. It's like st- Every unit, star, star, star. There's no weak we link anywhere on the offense. It's it's Devontae Smith. It's A.J. Brown. It's the best corner duo. It's the best offensive line. It's an Pro Bowl quarterback. It's a, you know, it's it's the the front seven had 70 sacks this year. It's like I think it's one of the most well-rounded teams we could see in a long time. Um, but the the Chiefs are no like it's a good roster, and I think it's gonna be kind of a classic super. I have really high expectations for the Super Bowl. I think it's gonna be a fantastic game it's it's a bit like maybe like lebron like those heat teams versus the spurs you know like or or maybe that that in that game the better roster overall the spurs won, or maybe mm-hmm. the utah jazz versus michael jordan and in that case just the best player overall won, um as opposed to like the the more well-constructed team but i think it's i don't think that that's you know Mahomes still has his Rodman and he still has his Pippin mm-hmm. and, and it's, it's still, there's still quite, there's still some, oh, they're really, really great players. So I don't think the chiefs, I think this chiefs team could beat a lot of other super bowl teams, but the Eagles might be just that good. I mean, I think they would have gone 16 and one if, if Hertz didn't get hurt. Mm-hmm. Do you think this is the, is this the worst group around Mahomes that has reached the big game or where do they rank among other chiefs teams that have gotten here? Well, I think that it's definitely the worst group of receivers. I would say mm-hmm. by the time they reached the Super Bowl versus the Bucks, the line was just so bad that I'd have to say that's got to be the worst group around Mahomes because um, they it didn't even matter that they had Tyreek. Um, you know, they were just getting shredded instantly. I would rather have a a Mahomes with time to throw and no Tyreek than a than a Mahomes with no time to throw and Tyreek. So uh, I I don't think that this is. Um, and it's a good defense. Again, it's a, it's it's been they've been playing real well recently. So I think this is one of the I, I honestly kind of think this is one of the better Chiefs rosters that's been around. It's just not as good as the Eagles. They just like you said, Logan, there's a bunch of rookies. Like Brian Cook is very important to them. You know, Trent McDuffie is very important to them. Um, 
Watson, Jalen Watson is very important to them. I mean, he's like an undrafted guy. These aren't bad players by any means, but the Eagles just don't have anybody like that. It's just it's like all proven stars. It's it's really a, a special team. But they think, don't have Mahomes. Well, <laughs> this is true. I agree with Theo. I think that this Chiefs team is pretty darn good, but again, they sort of pale in comparison to just the completeness of the roster of the Eagles. Like every position group pretty much obviously both lines are like sort of historically great in their own way they had 70 sacks on the defensive end and five pro bowl offensive linemen like that's pretty much unprecedented production but i do think that i like what you mentioned about the chiefs defense improving theo and i also think that situationally we've seen spagnolo do a pretty good job of getting this team prepared in big games And the Chiefs defense kind of tends to overperform situations in those spots. Like, I thought that they did a good job on the Niners in this Super Bowl win. I thought a couple years ago in the AFC Championship game, they did a good job of of limiting a Bills offense that had been really dynamic. And so, overall, I do view this Chiefs defense as pretty good. And their offense is just more dynamic. Like, I understand that the Eagles offense is really productive, dominant on the ground, with a really, really good quarterback who was a legit MVP candidate. But there is just a different ceiling when you have the kind of passing attack that they do with Patrick Mahomes. And I do think that for me, that closes the gap in all-around talent. Yeah, for sure. I, it's, it's almost like um, the Eagles have all the, the the defensive talent, but they don't quite have the coordinator to, that you really, I think, have a ton of faith in. But And the Chiefs have all the... They, they have the coordinator that you have a ton of faith in, but they don't quite have the defensive talent. So it's like, mm-hmm. what's what's more important in a, in a moment like this? Is it is it coaching? Is it play calling? Or is it just raw, raw talent? Yeah. I, I tend to believe it's 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 the guys and, you know, the, the players matter most. I, I lean Eagles just to say that I could tell you lean Chiefs, but I think it's going to be. I really would be disappointed if this is a two-score game, I think. The mm-hmm. more I think about it, I think I lean more like, oh, yeah, the Eagles are way more talented. Like, they're just so talented. It's going to be – I think they can win. But the more I think about it and, like, just going to the Chiefs press conferences and just, like, at every single table, there's just, a, like, a superstar. It's like, it's like mm-hmm. oh, yes, there's a Pro Bowl or Pro Bowl or Pro Bowl. It's like, man, there's a lot of good players on the Chiefs, too. Like, as, as the week has gone on, I've become a little bit higher on the Chiefs roster overall just the more I think about it. So I, man, I think that there's going to be a lot of points on the board overall. And I think that it's going to be, um, I, I think it's going to be a classic. I really do. Logan, what's your official prediction here? Well, gentlemen, I don't even know why we're having this discussion. I mean, the script already leaked. It's going to be 37, 34 Eagles. So like, <laughs> oh, we that's right. Be, we it's, it be is, having this. It is going to be a great game. Theo's been um, appropriately hyping it up. I also lean Philly. Um, I feel I've told everybody this, and I mean, it's kind of the consent. I feel stupid picking against Patrick Mahomes, right? You just do yeah. like, you don't, it's, it's, it's a losing argument. Um, I think this is going to be a little more gritty. I think there's going to be points. I, I'd probably say 24, 27, like we're going to get TDs. We're going to get points. I'm going to go 24, 27 Eagles. Uh, I'm like, like Theo said, I just want to see a good game though. I, I, and I think that it's primed to be, that also leads into, um, I want to get into full predictions for everybody too. 
Um, Theo, I wanted to ask too, do you think these are the two best teams in football? Did we get the best two contenders out of each conference? I do. I do. I, I think that we did. Uh, the, I think that these are the best two teams in football. Um, especially with the Bengals, if, if their offensive line was just so bad towards the end, um, mm -hmm. you know, they, they had, I think if a fully healthy Bengals team with a Wuzier and, you know, maybe they're, although, you know, the, the linemen that got hurt weren't that good. Although Kappa's that good. Kappa's good. But the tackles, I mean, tackle Lyle Collins' is ass. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and so is Jonah Williams this year. But if if Kappa was still around and Awuzier was still around, I might say top to bottom, the, the Bengals are the better roster. But uh, without them, I, I, do think, um, I do think that these are the best two teams in the league. And yeah, I, I, I do. It is a bit of a bummer though that in some ways I mean we didn't at all get deprived of a great AFC championship game it was a great game but you don't have the full strength Bengals but I think the more obvious one that we missed out on is seeing the full strength Niners because I don't know man I yeah I don't know if I've ever seen that combination of defensive talent and offensive skill position talent like in my lifetime it's literally just a quarterback away and you know they took away two of their quarterbacks and it, they were still I think going to be very competitive in that game against Philly at the least and so it's almost hard to say but yeah we're not getting both teams very much deserve to be here people can rag on the Eagles path all they mm -hmm. want but it's like you said I mean they were 14 and one when Hertz played this year and then they won their two playoff games by a combined 55 points. Like, I understand it wasn't super impressive against the Niners, but they have certainly proven themselves enough to be a, a legitimate Super Bowl team and a deserving favorite. I mean, Hertz has only lost, like, one game since, like, last November or, like, two games since last November or something like that because I think they went on a – winning streak towards the end of last year then they obviously lost in the playoffs and then they lost once with him this year so like in a calendar in like over a calendar year he's lost twice and it's not like they squeaked by the giants or just squeaked by the uh the 49ers they won those games by a combined what 69 to 14 so <laughs> yeah. it's not like it's not like they you know oh you're lucky they they i mean they are lucky that those guys went down and they played the Giants, but it's not like they definitely, you totally would have lost. It's like, I don't know, dude, they kind of creamed both of those teams. But um, yeah, I, I, I think that it was certainly the best four teams in the AFC champ in, in the championship round, like the Niners, mm -hmm. Eagles, Bengals, and chiefs all around. Those were definitely the best four teams. And um, any combination of what came out of those four had an argument to be the best two, two teams in the league. And, uh, this is what we got, and I, I think it's I think that it's pretty fair to call them that. I, I don't think that there's any fluke run with Mahomes or this Eagles team whatsoever. Agreed it's completely. A, it's astonishing to me too that just a year ago, if you guys remember, um, in the off season, right after the season ended, we were having all these conversations about whether Jalen Hurts should be the quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles moving forward, and I just thought. I don't know what a turnaround it's been for him and this team and how quickly it's been. There's a lot of doubt surrounding Sirianni when he was brought in. Um, it, it just kind of blows me away that so many people were ready to give up on Jalen, a guy who was a proven winner in college with a lot of NFL skills with, in my opinion, good tape last year too. I mean, Carson, we hearkened the entire time talking about this is stupid. We should not be having this conversation. Give Hurts that burn. And uh, 
he's here. I just think it's uh, I think that's an interesting narrative that not a lot of people are pointing to is that it's such a big flip from, you know, what the media was saying last year and that should they give up on her? Should they get another QB? Is he the guy? Now he's in the Super Bowl and looks like he's a franchise QB. To me, that's the story of the whole season is is development. I think that that when I think of the 2022 season, I'll just think that was the year where where guys proved people wrong and, and developed. And whether that be Tua or Daniel Jones or Jalen Hurts or Geno Smith, like there was a lot of guys, uh, quarterbacks around the league that people wrote off and, you know, that that weren't doing very well in their careers for to, to a certain point and just were totally able to turn it around. And I think that's healthy for the league, right? Um, I think like I I personally will be more cautious saying like, oh, it's been two years and this guy hasn't shown anything like he's definitely terrible. I think we went a while where that was like largely true, where there was a stretch where like Lamar in his first full year as a starter MVP, Patrick Mahomes first full year as a starter mm-hmm. MVP, you know, Justin Herbert first like just came in immediately like bang at rookie of the year looked great. Um, Joe Burrow second year as a starter like. Go to goes to the Super Bowl. It's like, man, if you don't know in two years, like it's year, it's over. You know, uh, all the elite quarterbacks showed something within two years, and now uh, you're it's starting to show. Like, hey, you give some guys some time, you build around them, they can turn their career around. And there's more than one way to build a team, right? It's not you need to draft a quarterback, and if he's not great year one, he's terrible, right? It's 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 quarterbacks this year showed it can be a little bit more than that. So I think. It's always good, and I think it's always fun when there's options and and different way, t- ways that teams got to where they are. Um, and yeah, I think that this was a good year for that, and, and the Eagles are probably the best example of it. But um, it it's been all across the league, so it's good news for guys like uh, Pickett and anyone else who's Man. you know a rookie. <laughs> but, but what do you mean? That's good news for Pickett, right? It's good Pickett news, didn't ha- Logan. Accuracy. It's good news because he could get he could get he's not playing. Or would you say he's playing at an it played at an MVP level this year? <laughs> Kenny, I just think people were really low on Kenny because they just looked at his numbers and they didn't watch what he was doing snap to snap, game to game. Um, I think Kenny's I like a franchise. A- Kenny's a franchise guy to me already with his preparation, with how hard he works week to week, game to game. Like he's a real guy, bring your lunch pail to work kind of guy, huh, dude? Real I hate stereotype. Miner. Well, dude, he's not like when you look at unlike Kenny, Joshua man, Dobbs and some of these oh old. My God. Oh my god, <laughs> dude, Seneca Wallace. <laughs> it's so funny, dude, because I think somebody compared him to Joe Burrow the other day, and I'm like, dude, you really do not know ball, bro. That's such a horrible comp. Like Joe Burrow has one of the greatest arms of all times, and he's like such a good pre-play, pre-snap reader, and just diagnosing everything. And then Kenny's like. Kenny is a lunch pail guy. I hate Kenny is going to have to work harder to be great. He doesn't have one of the greatest arms of all time. Like big Ben, he doesn't have a, he's going to need his hard hat and he's going to need to put in a lot of work to be great. But I think he's going to. (laughs) All right. We're done with Kenny Pickett talk. I (laughs) will add this point to the Hertz discourse. Of course he has improved this year. Right. But I think Mm -hmm. you also have to give, tremendous credit to Philly for putting him in the optimal situation to succeed, right? Like anybody is going to look better when they have a stacked O-line. And when you go out and you make big nuts moves and you add massive skill position talents, like an AJ Brown and obviously Devonte Smith in the draft yeah, previous, they traded up, they traded up for Devonte Smith too. Right. Yeah. Like those are the kind of things that make guys look better. Like I think 
that's something funny about the MVP conversation is Hertz and Josh Allen were the only other guys to get votes besides Mahomes, right? And if you're making the statistical efficiency team success case, it leans Hertz. But then when you actually think about it, it's like, well, Josh Allen is literally the entirety of his team's offense, right? He has to do everything in some ways to overcome the situations that he's put in, right? Like he has a number two receiver who really likes to drop the ball and he has a non-existent run game outside of himself and he doesn't have a particularly good line, right? And he, you know, he lost his offensive coordinator who he loved and all these things. And yet he still produces an elite offense. Jalen Hurts is... Same is in Lamar. a great position. Yeah, exactly. Lamar every year is having to actively overcome stuff and is still compelling teams to elite situations. And Hertz just is still not in that tier. And again, just to reiterate, reiterate the point that is relevant to this Super Bowl context, the Super Bowl is as tough a football situation as you will be in. You are against the best of the best. In this case, the best quarterback, in my opinion, of all time in terms of peak value. And you know, that's a time where, yeah, you can still be put in great positions to succeed, but there's going to be a few spots where you have to get it done. And I'm not saying Hertz can't. I'm just saying, you know, he's not in the top tier of guys who I would want in a spot like that. Like, I would rather have Trevor Lawrence if I'm trying to come back from three touchdowns down, you know? Hard to argue after after what happened. Well, right. <laughs> and that's why some would consider this a must-win game, fellas. Carson, <laughs> exactly. You also made my point, too. The Eagles would have been just as successful if they had put Gardner Minshew in the situation, dog. I mean, come on. The Eagles Logan, are loaded. Listen, Logan, with that freshly shaved head, you can't be making all these points, all right? Oh, that's actually – that's that's a good point. I actually <laughs> should shut sucks. my mouth. Um, <laughs> all right. So we have Logan's official prediction. Theo, do you have a score in mind you like for this game? I'll say both teams get 30. Ooh. I'll say I say it's real high scoring. I'll say 37-34 maybe. I'll say yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. It will be 37-34. <laughs> Carson, are you maybe thinking 37-34 Chiefs win? 30, no, I love it. I'm actually flipping. I'm loving the Eagles in this game all of a sudden. <laughs> I'm going to go Chiefs 31-28. I do think this is going to be a high-scoring game. I do think the Chiefs probably have to put up a lot of points to win this. And if they can get more, if they can get more possessions than the Eagles, I think they'll win. I think if they like, uh-huh. if they can get more possessions, so like, yeah, with a pick, or I, I don't know how else do you get possessions? A turnover fumble. on downs, yeah. fumble, a onside kick. Uh, <laughs> That'd be ballsy. <laughs> maybe maybe the refs just give it to them because something unfair yeah. happened earlier. Um, but if they can somehow just get some extra possessions, um, they, I think they'll win. But yeah, it's, yeah, it's interesting because I don't really consider the turnover takeaway equation to, as being particularly crucial to either of these two teams successes, like in a broad view of things, but any individual game. Yeah. I mean, I completely agree. And that is another key for Mahomes is, He's got to be disciplined, right? Like, yeah, I mean, he is the most unbelievable football player ever, but I think there were a few spots in this last game where he can try to play hero ball just that little bit, and especially against a, a defense this strong that's going to try to limit explosive plays where you don't have, you know, the kind of explosive weapons you did back in the day with Tyreek. It's like you have to make consistently good decisions. You can't try to force things. You cannot shoot yourself in the foot because if Mahomes, you know, has that one bad turnover, that could be it. The Chiefs' margin just is not as big as the Eagles in this game, point blank, because 
of their reliance on Mahomes. But yeah, I do like them to win. I'm going to go 31-28. I will say that there's only that one field goal just because I don't think teams are kicking field goals in this game. I think you're going aggressive, just especially with how good the Chiefs have been offensively in third, uh, fourth down red zone situations. Like, they excel, and I think they're going to know that they need to put points on the table. And at the same time, they've been weak defensively in some of those situational spots. And I think the Eagles are going to want to, you know, maximize every point that they can. And just whenever you have like two heavyweights like this, it feels like field goals become less and less a part of the equation. Cause you want, you want seven. Yeah. And hopefully, hopefully that they, I, I trust Sirianni to be very aggressive. Reed is not historically like a super aggressive coach in those situations so it'll be interesting to see if that that changes in this game um i actually i asked andy Reid about timeouts um he always calls them early and, and goes into the end of playoff yeah. games with like no timeouts he's like famous for that and i asked him like i tried to give him a chance to maybe like justify calling them earlier because like oh it's it's important to be set for plays and it's important like you know, if you're not set, it can be a house call. I thought he might say something like that. So I was like, how do you balance the value of having of being able to stop the clock at the end and maybe the value of getting set, getting all your ducks in a row for an upcoming play when you're, you know, not set or confused. And he just said, you want to, you want to keep them to the end, obviously. And that was his whole question. That was his whole answer. I'm like, well, why don't you then read yeah. Andy? I was trying to give you a chance to like explain why maybe it's okay to sometimes not do that. But I mm know -hmm. uh, he's like, no, obviously you need to save them towards the end. So he must, if I see him take one time out in the third quarter, that clip will be, will be coming <laughs> out. I haven't posted it yet just for that situation where if That's he takes banger. one in the third quarter, I will be like, I will be doing some uh, gotcha journalism in, in the Super Bowl. <laughs> Looking at things from a legacy perspective, Andy Reid is one of the guys who probably has the most on the line here, right? Just because he's in that already gold jacket, you know, top tier class within his his group as a coach. How high do you guys think he can climb as a coach if he wins this game all Man, time? That's, that's a fantastic question, bro. I mean... Thanks. Dude. I, I I don't I don't think people I mean younger the younger generation is not gonna remember. You can look back, dude. I mean, the Eagles teams in the early 2000s were fucking disgusting. Like yeah. they were amazing. McNabb, TO, Westbrook. Well, obviously, when TO came over, they were finally propelled enough over the top to get to the Super Bowl where they lost against the Patriots. Um, again, people don't want to talk about these things, too. The Patriots were still cheating in those games, too, stealing play sheets, recording talk plays. Him. Talk to um, them. <laughs> I, I, I do think that's a very relevant thing, man, for, for, you know, seven, eight years there, the Pats were every game doing everything in their power. Um, but back to the point, I mean, the Eagles were consistently in the NFC title game. Andy had a Dirk-like legacy for a very long time. Oh, he's a great regular season coach. They gave him the Marty Schottenheimer treatment. He's a great regular season coach, but when the big he's a great offensive mind and schemer, but when the big game is on the line, he, you know, you don't want him as your coach. He takes over a Chiefs team that won two games the previous season before he got brought on board and he brought them back to relevancy. And then he found the greatest QB of all time. I think that I don't, dude, I mean, Andy might have a God, I don't want to get like hyperbolic. Top five for sure if he wins this one. And maybe you could debate you know, I don't know, top three, like my number one all time is Belichick, 
I don't know. Off the top of my head, I couldn't tell you who's top two. Reed is probably top five already, but if he wins this one, he's concretely top five and clamoring for top three. Well, he's top five all time. He's fifth all time in wins, and he's probably going to retire fourth or third. Um, I don't think he's going to be able to pass Belichick. I don't think he's going to be able to pass Lombardi. Um, but man, maybe not Bill Walsh. Maybe not yeah. Shula. But yeah, that that fifth spot. I mean, there's there's guys like Chuck Knoll. Uh, George Hallis has five championships. I don't know. I guess I don't know if I sat down and put my list together, but I mean, I think he's 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 top ten. I think he's probably already top ten and would definitely yeah. be flirting with with getting in that, you know, Vince Lombardi, Chuck Knoll, Shula, Walsh type of type of range as a as one of those. I don't know where he ranks, I guess, but maybe he would get in that tier one mm-hmm. conversation, I guess, where you think of him as like I don't quite think of him as a tier one guy right now. But if he if he wins this game and you know, maybe even gets another with Mahomes, then I, I think yeah. that you gotta you gotta put him in that conversation because Mahomes was no sure thing, right? Like he was a total project, his mechanics were a mess and right. you know, if he goes to a team like I don't know. What's a terrible team? The, the Jets. The, the Jets. The Jets. Yeah, the Jets. You know, he's probably not the guy he is without without Andy. So, and you're right, Logan. This is team guys that uh, you know go to Super Bowls to go to two different spots and have this run of success with both with in both places is is pretty special. Yeah, I think that Belichick is probably still in a tier of his own, right? Mm-hmm. Like just obviously the Super Bowl count alone, but the consistency of the absurd defenses, just how buttoned up situationally great they were for 20 even years. Even this year, even this year, they were like the third best defense. They were like a top five defense. So they just, yeah. they got rid of JC Jackson and all pro didn't replace him with anybody but rookies. And they didn't draft a single front seven player. And it's just like, doesn't, don't matter. Yeah, we got, we got Belichick and he's he he knows how to coach a defense, man. <laughs> he does. And it's a little bit unfortunate that I feel like this is kind of going to leave a bit of an ugly taste. Just the Patriots being so aggressively mid for like, you know, whatever <laughs> it's going to be the last half decade he coaches. Maybe they can turn things around, but they're probably going to have to move off McCorkle or they're going to have to put a hell of a lot of talent <laughs> around McCorkle that they don't currently have offensively. But if we're talking about modern guys. Because it's tough, right? Like you have your Lombardis, your Paul Browns, your George Hallises, your Curly Lambos, all guys who like are in that top 10 firmly if you're just looking objectively at, at their coaching resumes. And I am not a guy to uh, support era bias at all. I think that you compete within your era and however you much you dominate your peers by, that's how great you are. Like if the greatest basketball yeah. player ever was – you know, from the 1950s. I mean, maybe if George Mikan had had some more longevity, you know, he could have his goat case. But in terms of modern guys like Super Bowl era, I think he could have a case for second after this because of the sheer consistency across situations of elite winning, dude. I mean, he made five conference championships with Donovan McNabb four in a row. And now this is his fifth straight with Mahomes in as many years. I don't know how many coaches have gone to four plus conference championship games twice. In fact, I mean, he might be the only guy to have done that. Well, the Pats probably did it. Belichick has actually probably done it like three times, but (laughs) that's pretty remarkable. And then when you consider that most of the in-between years, when you're going from McNabb, then you have a couple of years in Philly where things turn downwards. They're just not that talented. 
Then you go right into the Alex Smith years and they're consistently a 10 plus win team with Alex Smith. <laughs> like this just, I, we haven't ever seen a down period for multiple years in Andy Reed's career. And he hasn't always had elite talent at the quarterback position, but he has consistently churned out elite offenses. I, that's why I almost kind of think he doesn't have much to, to gain or lose from this. Cause I think that he is number two when it comes to, I, I don't think he can catch Belichick, but I don't think he can like fall. I think that I'd put him ahead of Tom Coughlin. I think I'd put him ahead mm -hmm. of Mike Tomlin. Oh, I, yeah. Yeah. So I, I think that right. he's kind of well over Dungy. Yeah, I would yeah, put him over Dungy. If, if longer, dude, I, I think I would put him over Dungy. Um, because like, yeah, although Dungy did do really good. Did he win a super? I don't think he won a Super Bowl in Tampa, did he? He left no, and then yeah. Gruden, they traded for Gruden and then Gruden won. No way. He might have he might have been D.C. on that team with Gruden mm, or he no. wasn't. He went he went straight to Indy. OK. Yeah, I would put him over Dungy. I'd put him over everyone. I, Sean I, I think. Yeah, I definitely over Sean I think Payton. I think. I think he's firmly above all these guys. Yeah, I'm talking I about so too. I think we put him into like the Shula. You know, I would honestly take him over Bill Walsh if he wins this because Bill Walsh is obviously like the the brilliant mind behind a football dynasty. But Bill Walsh only coached like nine, You're right. ten years. Like Andy Reid right. has been doing this for twenty plus years. It's insane, and you can <laughs> I think count on one hand how many sub ten win seasons he has. Like it's well, not quite, but close to it. Seventeen out of twenty four years, he's had a a ten plus win team, and he's been to. 10 championship games in those years. I just think that's a big number of championship a, games. That is really a really big number. That's a dude. big number. Yeah, that is, that is a lot. Yeah. I think he's firmly entrenched in that number two zone. Um, Mahomes with another ring, like we'll, we'll see. I, I think that they'll always be the Brady goat truthers. Um, yeah, I think there, I think Mahomes is a very real chance to beat him. Even if he doesn't get, um, you're, as Logan put out the one more, he just needs one more. <laughs> Dude, if <Mahomes laughs> wins this one, man, I'm talking my shit, bro. Mahomes is number one. Five years? <laughs> Mahomes I, is the greatest. Matter, Mahomes is the greatest of all time and in, in a peak yes, already. He's the I best. Think. Yeah. I think he's the best of all time. That's what I always say. Yeah. So even he is like, like this game doesn't mean much because he's already the best we've ever seen, whether he wins or loses this game. Well, and well, then it'll well, come. Let me say this, Theo. We all may think that here. That will not be the consensus in the football watching world. People just it, slap Super Bowl numbers together and say, this is how good you are. And it, this game does really matter. And every big game, every championship game and Super Bowl game he will play in the rest of his career will matter because he's not chasing seven necessarily, but I mean, he, he'll, he'll need like four. He'll he need like four, four in the eyes of some to yeah. like to, to get in the great Brady conversation. To me, it'll come down to longevity and, and how long he can sustain the level of play that he's at. You know, however many rings come from that is what it is. But uh, to me, like one game, even a Super Bowl, like if you're here, you've done a lot for your legacy already for me. For some people, yeah. it's like you haven't done anything for your legacy if you get here unless you win it. And in fact, it could hurt your legacy if you lose. Yeah. Uh, you've actually uh, hurt. <laughs> it's bad that you're here if you don't win it. So um, the Super Bowl is an incremental it's it's like Mahomes has been raising it up because I think he's eliminated every single weakness from his game this year. Like he's just perfect now, I guess. Yeah. Like even last year, you could say like, 
oh, there's the cover two stuff. He made some poor decisions like this year. I I, I don't even know if he's been doing that really. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's maybe a little bit of hero ball, but he's he's basically just been pick, picking guys apart like yeah. without Tyreek. Like Juju's kind of an underneath guy. Travis Kelsey's an underneath guy. Like it's it's really not that home run ball. He's just perfect. He's just like literally the perfect quarterback right now, and is like a 100 overall player at this point is <laughs> so yeah to me like he's already kind of proven everything this year i mean maybe if he has a complete disaster class and throws like two picks and one touchdown and and it's sad that's a, that's a, that's a mahomes like that's a disaster class that's a big ben start <laughs> <laughs> damn damn what's with the big ben eight today logan you can't is this... stop thinking about him that's what it is i miss ben man <laughs> clearly right, bro. yeah yeah but, uh, anyway it's, it's interesting because we have certain levels in terms of all-time conversations to which pure ability can take you right like i think most people will acknowledge Peyton is a top three quarterback of all time right now. If you throw in Mahomes in there, top four, but I think nobody is going to be arguing many people outside of like maybe Montana over Marino. Peyton. Yeah. Well, old Marino, heads will always, well, old heads okay. will always bring up Marino. Well, your dad, <laughs> but I think, I think that's somebody who actually has the philosophy of talent over everything. Right. Cause a lot of people will say, Oh, Marino, he's 10 or he's even outside of that because of the lack of super bowls. But the bottom line is, Peyton, even though year to year, he was the one racking up the MVPs and he was the one who people viewed as better than Brady. He even has the head-to-head playoff advantage over Brady. It, a lot of it does come down in the eyes of the, the general populace to that bottom line Super Bowl number. So I do think that this game is huge and I completely agree. It's with a must you. win. It's, like, it's a must win. It's a must win game. <laughs> it's a must win. And... And I agree with you that it's like we should never overstate how much one game means to a guy's legacy, but it's it's almost impossible to say that knowing that that's never how things will be put into practice in the greater sports right. discourse. Yeah, that is true. That is true. For me, what what for me, uh, for me, <laughs> the. <laughs> The guys who can, <laughs> the guys who can do the most for their legacy, are kind of the more like role player guys. Like uh-huh. if if a guy like Kadarius Tony, uh, you know, takes a slant to the house, or or Marquez Valdez Scantling has a hundred yard game like he did in the AFC Championship game, or you know anyone really on the on the Eagles. Like if Goddard has you know two three touchdowns, like to me that's like those are the guys with the most to prove in terms of their their legacy, even because like. They'll, yeah. they'll never be in the all-time conversation. Like Mahomes, no matter what happens, he'll always be in the all-time co- conversations and, you know, whatever you want to say. But who will have like a memorable game and you'll always remember their performance in the Super Bowl. Those are really the guys that I I always think have the most to game for, gain from a single game. Um, not the all-timers or the, or the guys who we, th- we think about in the GOAT conversations because they're going to be in the GOAT. Mahomes... I mean, he'll always be in the GOAT conversation. He, he just yeah. will. The way he is, like, there will always be, well, he's, look at the cumulative, you know, as, as advanced analytics, you know, continue to, you know, grow and, and become a part of the public sphere. Like, people will say, like, man, look at look at his numbers. They're, they're so high. He's just so efficient. I see his highlight reel is so crazy. He'll, he'll always be in that, in that range. And, um, 
you know, we're, we're only debating by the end, you will be debating him with a couple spots all time, like yeah. one or two or three, but Dallas Goddard could climb the ranks of tight ends all time <laughs> with a three touchdown game. Like he could be, uh, he could go from the 194th best tight end of all time to all the way up to, uh, 104th with a three touchdown <laughs> game. So he could climb 90 spots. Uh, <laughs> a guy like, um, Quez Watkins, if he had it or, uh, or Sky Moore, he's, he's at the 10 thousands in, uh, in, yeah. in wide receivers, but one punt return touchdown. And all of a sudden he climbs thousands of spots in the all time rankings. So that's who really has the most games are the, are the, are the, the role players. It's true. I think, I, I think the most for this individual individual game, though, because of how most people perceive these games, is Jalen Hurts, bro. I yeah. think he's yeah. got the most on the line. And if he and for for all quarterbacks like him, I hear the like running quarterbacks can never win a ring. Like that's what my camp. dad has said for huge. so long. It would be huge for that stigma, bro. Yes. So I agree with you one hundred percent. That just not even for for him, but entire like player archetype. Yes. Um. Yeah, he's got all of that riding on it because you know. I think it's silly. We've seen Cam Newton and we've seen Colin Kaepernick and we even Mahomes and Russell Wilson who've won it, like pick up plenty of yards on the ground. Um, but he's like kind of a true read option, you know, keeper quarterback. And we have not really, it is true that we haven't really yeah. seen one of those guys win it all. So yeah, I, I totally agree. With I that. mean, I'd say the closest that you got are, you know, Elway and Steve Young, and yet you know nah, Steve threw six on. TDs get, get in a single get out of game. Dodge, buddy. Yeah, would you shut guys... up and let me finish the tape? <laughs> Damn, man! John Elway was a he got drafted by the Yankees because he had one of the greatest arms of all time. That's what I'm getting at. If you let me finish, sweetheart, I'll come over right. and kiss you on your forehead. <laughs> what? Yeah. What did he say? Steve had an all-time arm too. I'm just saying those are the most mobile guys outside of. I'm glad you brought up cap and it's sad too, though, dude, because I still think there's a little, you know, racist kick behind it too, that a black guy who scrambles first hasn't done it yet. We saw cam cap Vic Randall Cunningham, all these guys are crazy arms and crazy legs, but because they never actually got the chip, there's still this, it's what everybody says. You can't win a Super Bowl with a run first quarterback and Hertz is not run first, but no, that's the other thing, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no quarterback really is outside of, Malik Willis, I guess. <laughs> Maybe you're Trey Lance. Trey Lance is run first, bro. <laughs> uh Taysom Hill, who whatever position you want to throw on him, yeah. is uh he's a catch first quarterback. Um <laughs> but yeah, I definitely think that that Hurts probably has has the most to gain from this. Um if he if he wins this, I mean for better or worse, he'll get he'll get put at a very, very high um He's made. Don't build a fucking statue of him in Philly, man. He's yeah. a made man. I think that he's in the six to ten range if we're ranking quarterbacks. I think that the 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 yeah. the, 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 the main tier one guys are Mahomes and Allen and Burrow and Herbert and Lamar. I think that those are the ones that like can bring you to the playoffs, even if your team is injured. Like with Herbert, I know people love the shit on him, but like if Mahomes had Kelsey injured for ten games and and creed humphrey hurt for you know the entire season and chris jones got hurt for 10 games and you know all of these injuries like what herbert had like and they still made the playoffs everyone would be like oh my god like Mahomes, one man show yeah um 
and and her like that all of those things happened to Herbert this year and he was banged up himself and you know they still made the playoffs because of how great he is Lamar like his career record is like 48 and 13 or something yeah. stupid like that and you know he got he has Mark Andrews and Hollywood Brown for a little bit but like overall it's 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 not like what Hertz is enjoying right now or even Mahomes with Kelsey or anything or and Tyreek or anything like that. And obviously Mahomes and Burrow and, and Allen. I don't think I have to explain myself too much, but I think those are the five. And then after that you get into the Hertz, the Dak, I think. Um uh, I don't know how else you'd put there. T Law um, is T Law there? He's there for me. He's probably getting yeah, he's probably there for me. I'm a big T Law fan. Um I'm probably forgetting someone obvious. Golf, Kirk, either of those guys. Maybe they're they're yeah. in their own little third <laughs> tier. I think. Um, I think I would I would rather have T Law and Hertz and Dak than Goff and Cousins. I'd rather have Goff than Dak, man. There's something about Dak, man. I just bro is pushing I'm the anti-Dak I'm, sh- I'm shipping you to Siberia for that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like I, I'm I'm one of Dak's strong soldiers, but respect the multi Walter Payton Man of the Year, Logan. <laughs> Yes, yeah, he has a trophy in the trophy case now. He's he's top three. Yeah, dude, twelve-time <laughs> Super Bowl winning champion Dak Prescott, <laughs> Walter Payton Man of the Year, as as the NFL would say, the NFL's most coveted award. And, and it is. Impo- <laughs> yes, yeah, so so Talk Dak Super Bowl MVP. <laughs> it's it's Walter Payton Man of the Year. So Russ and Dak are are QB one and in two in my book dude but they're gonna take back russ's walter payton man of the year awards because dov Kleiman reported that his charity was using 75 percent of its its proceeds for something other than well dov Kleiman didn't report dov Kleiman saw someone else report that (laughs) and then he said that that it's happening hey this is what i say every time he comes up if anyone can find me a picture of dov Kleiman, i will venmo you two hundred dollars Two hundred dollar, oh, two hundred downer bounty on Dove Kleiman's head, and you're not gonna be able to do it because he's a fucking robot. It is a bot that takes news from other places and just tweets it. That guy is not a real person. There is no way that his <laughs> name is Dove Dove Kleiman or Dove Kleiman with hundreds of thousands of followers. And there's not one picture of the MF anywhere online. That guy is fake. And if you could prove me wrong, I will give you. Two hundred dollars directly, and that's a challenge to everyone out there. I'm, I'm, I'm taking this upon myself. I'm going you're to not, the Jet Lab, and I'm getting. A you're camera. not going to find. You're not finding you're, it. Oh, you're going to go find him in person. Oh, you're, you're going to go find it. Okay, okay. Here. You're not. No, you but he's not here. Guy. No, I. Know. Yeah, exactly. We got, we got, us. We got the Australian like Jarek McKinnon. Right, scared a guy. <laughs> yeah, we got him here. We got. You know me here. <laughs> we got it. If if I'm here, Dove Climbing should be here, dude. But that guy's a computer machine in a lab somewhere, and uh, <laughs> he's not he's not going anywhere unless he's uh, on wheels and someone's carting him around because he's a computer program. The closest I ever got to uncovering anything about Dove Climbing was I saw on a uh the the nfl subreddit because i looked into this because it's super weird he's a really is this are you gonna talk to the jennifer lawrence is this the jennifer lawrence oh no no i have i saw that also though which is very strange he has a restraining order from jennifer lawrence but allegedly nobody allegedly 
said that he was like a failed New England reporter. Somebody claimed that he was doing, I don't that remember if it was That can't be true radio. because there'd be a picture of him. That's what I thought. So, and then somebody else disputed it. Somebody said, there's never been a dog climbing up here. And so then I thought, <laughs> <laughs> all right, I guess maybe there hasn't. Very strange. Very strange. Yeah, he's, he's, he is a robot. He is a computer software bug that soon will, like, he, he's no different than futurama picture every hour or every frame from breaking bad he's a <laughs> he is a piece of code that that retweets news from certain places i swear to god i think you're probably right well i don't know actually i think he is a guy but i i don't know what the hell his deal is maybe he's a maybe he's multiple people i don't know maybe he's multiple aggregators merged into one it's you isn't it carson it is me you're trying to throw it you're trying to throw us (laughs) off the trail i don't know i feel like he's actually like really attractive (laughs) like like actually super intelligent if you think about how quickly he gets the information out like he's built a platform from nothing i don't know kind of sick you know it's really difficult you know you've got to be super smart to like if no one knows who you are in this day and age which honestly is probably a little true like You've got yeah. to be pretty cunning to not get a single picture of you out anywhere. Carson ripped Carson rips off his Scooby Doo mask. <laughs> it's a 2D profile picture. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we're gonna have that figured out by by the end of the Super Bowl. We're gonna figure out who Dolph Kleiman is. We need to get uh, that 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 uh, geo guesser guy who can tell things from <laughs> like. Can he do anything? Pixelate. I don't know, but we. He's, <laughs> if I trust, I trust anyone to find him. It's that guy. We should get the guy who can tell you what any sports game is that's going on in like movies. You know, like you'll just see it like in the back. Oh frame, yeah, and he'll yeah, be yeah, like, yeah. oh, this is Mississippi State versus LSU women's from two thousand six, the Mississippi State home game. I think that guy knows where Dov is. Or a psychic of some sort who can like read his energy and tell us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. We don't want to give away all our best ideas for this. Any, yeah. any final thoughts, gentlemen? Yeah. Let's give, let's, uh, let's do a Super Bowl MVP, guys, real quick. We got predictions. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm taking the Eagles. I guess I, I like going weird. I'm not going to go weird this time. Let's um, do a Super Bowl quarterback, a non quarterback one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's say if, who's your dark horse? I'm taking, I'm taking Devontae Smith. I think he's played in big games and big stages before. And, I think the Chiefs secondary is their weak point. Um, Hertz is going to need to lean on these guys to make big plays. I'm taking Devonte. I, I just and I like him, man. He's a, he's a great dude. I like that. Take, yeah, I'll take. I'll take the the most popular dark horse, and that's Hassan Reddick. Uh, I I just can that the tackles of the Chiefs are their weak link on the offensive line. He's just been on such a tear recently. He's he's so good, and it feels like. Who are the non? I, if I'm trying to remember non quarterback MVPs, I think of Von Miller. I mm-hmm. think of um, who else? Santonio Holmes, um, Dexter Jackson, KJ um, Wright. Right. Normally, no, was, KJ Wright. KJ Wright did win yeah. one, didn't he? Yeah, and Malcolm Smith. No, it was. Oh Malcolm no, it was. Smith. It was just. It was Malcolm Smith. Yeah. Um, okay. You're yes. Yeah. Dexter normally, Jackson, you need a, normally you need a pick six. You need a fumble. Chuck Howley, I think, too, back in the day. Oh, there um, were the the Cowboys dudes who who split it. Yeah, back at Harvey Martin and uh, Coney Rick, Ely whatever. almost won it that yeah. one year. Remember that? <laughs> and and who then was he the, like who's the Falcons guy, man? Uh, with three and a half sacks. 
Yeah, uh, Grady, what's his face? Was it Grady Jarrett? Yeah, Grady Jarrett. Yeah, so I, I feel like you uh, uh, some sacks or a strip sack or fumble recovery. I, I think Hassan Reddick, um, the way he's been playing recently, and I think a lot of people are taking him as a long shot bet. So this is like not hardly even a long shot bet at this point. But I'll I'll still be a coward and say him. Yeah, but it's hard. Like. You know, what are you going to say? Like Boston Scott, <laughs> you know, not, not the Giants. Um, yeah, I'll say <laughs> it's going to be Jordan Davis. <laughs> he's yeah, going to he's going to hype. <laughs> he's going to eat so many double teams that free up the linebackers to make plays that that people will recognize him as Super Bowl MVP. <laughs> I think for the Chiefs, there's really only two possible routes. I guess like McKinnon could break like a massive run and then also have like a receiving touchdown, but it's just hard to see the path for an offensive player to win it. Who isn't Mahomes? Kelsey could have a historically great game. You know, like maybe Mahomes throws 350 yards and three touchdowns and three of the touchdowns and 200 of the yards are to Kelsey. But I'm inclined to say Chris Jones, because I feel like he is the guy who is going to stand out separately of that as disrupting, you know, the entirely, different side of the ball so that would have to be my pick outside Mahomes. okay really surprised yeah. you didn't go with long snapper james winchester shock <laughs> well i like winchester's game i'm just not sure he's going to have the volume opportunities i don't think this is going to be a punt heavy game for the Chiefs. i think they're going to be aggressive all right well there you have it folks theo it was an absolute joy to have you on um you guys you can find him all over the place. I mean, this guy's everywhere. Theo Ash NFL on TikTok. Uh, is it also Theo Ash NFL on Twitter? What's your Twitter handle? My Twitter handle is Theo you know Ash NFL. Okay. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, uh, <laughs> it's Theo Ash NFL. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, Theo is always putting out great content. And I think speaking for both Logan and I, some of the most uh, enjoyable and insightful football content that you will find in what can often be an abyss of just idiocy, especially, you know, <laughs> if we're talking about TikTok, let's be frank. Uh, so, you know, he's, he's the canary leading you all out of the coal mine. Um, that's also not this. That's the second saying you've got wrong today. <laughs> Wait, what was the first one? I don't remember, but there is something, there is something that wasn't quite right. <laughs> no, you are alerting the people to, the world's disasters. You're the canary. You know, man, you know Carson's not the sharpest light bulb in the tool shed. <laughs> I never have been. I never have been the 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 quickest rabbit. <laughs> all right. Well, I can tell. Yeah, we're gonna take out we all can, those plugs all for Theo. And it's about you're gonna put it, follow fantasy football AZ on uh yeah on TikTok and uh on it we're gonna say Twitter known for known all of political Theo's work Theo Ash. <laughs> uh, no Theo Q Anon Shaman known to Anon follower Theo Ash known known longtime Tua lover Theo Ash you can get you know you can't give him credit for much but you can give him credit for always being right on Tua that is um, true all right well Theo thanks for coming on this was a lot of fun um you guys know where to find us you know TikTok at nerd sesh Twitter at nerd underscore sesh Instagram at nerd sesh and uh we'll have another pod pretty pretty soon up reacting to the Super Bowl so Theo any final words for the people are you going to defend yourself from some of these allegations 
allegations. I want to defend my question. Okay, I'll defend my question. I asked a bunch of questions at the Super Bowl, and one was to Nick Sirianni. And everyone was like, bro, why would you ask that question? And I asked him if he would let anybody of his players go out and see Rihanna. I would... I think that was a perfectly valid question considering what happened at last year's Super Bowl. All right. So that was a good question. I live by that. All you, <laughs> all you hounds barking at my door about how I should ask something different. Fuck you. That's what I was wondering. Okay. That's all I got to say. Bars. Yeah. Rihanna could have been the, the singing canary that brought all the boys out of the halftime coal mine <laughs> to see the light. All right. Well, Thanks for coming on again, Theo. And with that, as always, I have been Carson Brabber. I have been DJ Reader. And really? This was Nerd Session.